Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another of these Italian football podcasts brought to you by Total Italian Football. I'm here, Connor Clancy, with Kev Pugzelski and Ewan Burns to talk through the match day 32 Serie A action when we should have seen the Serie A champions crowned. We didn't. I saw one champion crowned, though, anyway. Ewan, say hello. How are you? Hello. I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I was going to say better than you, but because of the next question I'm going to ask, but I'm not sure if that's actually true. Kev Pugzelski, how and where are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm, I'm waiting for the number to flash up uh, for my OnlyFans page because I'm on a bed in Ewan's uh, <laughs> property. My property. <laughs> makes it sound his, his, It makes it sound like you own it as well. Abode. Yeah. His his hum his humble abode, <laughs> his humble abode yes. with with no hot water for six he sent, months. He sent me for extra context. He sent me to everyone, the bedroom. He's he's in the spare room of my flat, which has got two desks in it, where me and Rihanna do our work every day. And he's decided to sit on the bed. I'm still <laughs> annoyed that you're not just in the same room. No, I didn't want work. to disrupt your working environment. Thank you. I appreciate that. Are you done. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Right, we get into the football, <laughs> shall we? Because um, Napoli should have won the league this weekend. They didn't because, I mean, funny, isn't it? Because it, It's very funny. But it, it is funny. And we'll get into why it's not offensive for Napoli fans for us to say it's funny. Because it is done. It's just not... They just haven't got that tiny little bit of paper done at the end of the whole thing. It's just not done It yet. is done. Because we'll discuss why it's done in a moment. It's... It's as close to impossible as it could possibly be for another team to win the league. But we will discuss it. So, it kicked off on Friday. There were two games. Lecce beat Udinese 1-0 in a big, big win for the side from Salento. And then Monza beat Spezia 2-0 in a game that could have quite severe consequences down the bottom. Milan, Roma Milan rather, finished 1-1. Atalanta won 2 1 away at Torino. And then on Sunday, I was at the Miazza for Inter 3, Sassuolo 1. That already feels like last week, but it was today. And let me tell I had fun at that. That was a great time. Excellent game at the Miazza. Cremonese Verona was 1 1. Napoli Salernitana was 1 1. Sassuolo beat Empoli 2 1. Fiorentina beat Samp 5 0. And that is the reason why Vito Doria is not on the podcast, even if he won't <laughs> admit it to us. I don't think his reason is truthful. I think that's why he's not here. And then Bologna, Juve just finished 1-1 before we come on the pod. I didn't realise how many 1-1s there were until I started reading out all of the results there. But it's four in total, isn't it, over the weekend, which is quite a lot. But there's only one place to start, isn't there? It, it's with <laughs> it's with Napoli, the still champions-elect and not yet champions. Now... The reason I say that it's done without it being done is because Napoli have 79 points after their draw at home to Salernitana. And Juventus's failure to win at Bologna means that Juventus are now out of the title race because Juventus can get a maximum of 78 points, which means that only Lazio can catch Napoli. And Lazio's maximum is 79 points, which Napoli are currently on. So the title race is done. <laughs> But Napoli just made us wait that little bit more, despite having everything prepared to go out from about the 75th minute of their game today. And it's quite funny, Ewan, because I have a feeling the thing that 
they tried to avoid happening this weekend is going to happen. And Napoli are actually going to be grand champions before they play on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to happen and in a worse way than it would have happened yeah. <laughs> this weekend. So like, the, the quick caveat is that the people who were in Naples, in the street, ready to party, etc., I do feel a bit bad for them because that would have been a really great day. In I don't, because they still partied because it's done. Yeah, but you know, it just it just would have been better if you know on a on a afternoon whatever they would have had the whole like afternoon evening to party and stuff in a better way than they already are. Um, you know, bit of a shame for them, but th- this is th- there is no doubt that this is quite funny after what happened. Like when you, when you think of like men in offices not getting what they want in that context, it's really funny. And I was saying to Kev earlier, it shows that like. It, that that Salernitana goal, completely against the run of play and ruining this, was the perfect exhibit of that you you can't always shape and muck around with sport. It's sport. It's unpredictable. That's why it's great. You can't move games around to just because it'd be nicer, sort of but thing. Because you you can plan for that. Like if when the fixtures were announced, yeah. they just kept announcing it. But you, you can't do it thirty hours before like the game before. is supposed to be played. And just on, and what I still find mad about it is that even though the Interlazio game went the way they needed it to, that was such a massive assumption to, yeah. to assume that it was definitely going to go that way. Um, it's just quite ironic that that did go that way, and then it was their game that went wrong. Yeah, it was. It was very funny that there was a, a part of me, and I, I think we might have said this on the preview pod that we did on on Friday morning, that there was a part of me that hoped they didn't win it this weekend, just because it would be funny and that's nothing against napoli because they had no say or hand in the whole request to get the game pushed back it was just it was just a prefect of naples who wanted to do it um so i kind of hope <laughs> his job becomes more difficult in the next week because of his own decision but kev the the game against serenitana there's no point reading too much into it is there because one point gained for Napoli or one point dropped for Lazio means it's done. So, like, it, it doesn't really matter in the end, does it? No, not at all. They're, they're going through the motions because there's no Champions League. There's no summer tournament. So none of these players are keeping themselves fit for anything or keeping themselves match sharp for anything. We are on a slow um, descent towards Udinese being the most underwhelming sort of title winning location on Thursday when Napoli eventually win the league. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. But fortunately, um, was it James Horncastle or James Richardson pointed out this Sunday evening that there is there is a reason for that to be quite a nice thing for Napoli as well because it's where De Laurentiis got his first Serie A win as Napoli owner. Um, Spalletti obviously has the the sentiment of having been been sacked by Udinese in the past, and then there's a the sport a sporting director or some sort of director with Udinese who was a director at Napoli when they won their last Scudetto back in 1990. So th- there's a couple of nice little things there, but yeah, like. You don't want to do anything in Udine, do you? Because, like, I've put this out. Anywhere near out where This is the thing. This is the thing, though. Udine is supposed to be a really pretty city. I've never been into the city itself. Oh, it's lovely. No, it's lovely. It's it's a fucking pain to get to. Like, 
and it's a it's a pain to get to when you're from Naples. You know, any, anybody wants to go out there and celebrate Napoli winning the league has got a hell of a journey on their hands. I did it from Florence uh, yeah. once, and Mid, that was bad. Midweek as well. I I don't think there is enough, uh, like uh, uh, what what we call them hotels. You know tourist accommodation in Udine to cope with the amount of people that probably want to leave Naples and go and celebrate the title being mm-hmm. won if it happens this week. I don't know how they cope because there's not going to be any trains or anything coming back. Well, not that get you all the way back to to Naples from Udine on uh, There might be a, there might be a Vretorossa um, that does that trip. Obviously not at that time on a, on a midweek. No, absolutely not. But uh, it's not great. It's absolutely not great. The, the biggest disappointment for me, though, is that with their failure to win it this week, like this is really nitpicking, right? But it, it prevents them from, from being record holders in a way that they probably had their eye on being. So had they won it this week and, and done so with six fixtures remaining, it would have been the earliest ever Scudetto win in the history of Serie A because, well this still stands now but it, it's only ever been one with with five games remaining and it's happened a few times Juventus in 18-19 Inter in 2006-7 Fiorentina in 55-56 and Torino in 47-48 Napoli could have gone above like there's some really good teams in that list there particularly that, that Torino side so it is a pity that they're not going to have that but that's what I don't like about the movement of the game because you are you're engineering yeah them winning it on this weekend or well no they still would have won it this weekend it. anyway it's... yeah but yeah I think it's probably why I'd, I'm glad that they didn't I feel like it does this whole like, engineering dates, the, but... the moving it thing if you're a if you're a Salernitana player or coach or anybody involved with Salernitana Brenzi you're taking the the Jose Mourinho against Liverpool approach isn't it like this is a circus they want us to be the clowns and you're going to have that extra motivation yeah, definitely. And I think while like it, yeah, there's, there's no getting away on the bounce of play, this is a game that Napoli should have won. They created enough to win it. Um, but we've kind of seen it a million times with Salernitana this season where basically, even though this wasn't like this wasn't the Guillermo Ochoa show or anything like that, but it was another game where he was very good. And there's been multiple examples of games where they've been 1-0 down and a mixture of couple of good defenders but primarily him in goal has just kept them in a game so that they can always potentially get something and they've got enough quite good players up top Boulaidi in particular who is probably their best player overall apart from Ochoa um, who can who can do this and I think it's it's very fair play to them that you know they're not safe that they, they almost certainly should be fine but they're not safe um, and that's a really important point that's a point that very few teams have managed to get you know away at Napoli. Um, I think it's quite impressive the way that they went about it. They didn't they didn't look like they were just there for the hell of it kind of thing as to be the clowns, as you say. On on Boulardia, because he's another player that we've we've spoken about a couple of times. His he's on loan at Salernitana now. I'm not sure what the the situation is with if there's an obligation to buy or an option to buy from from Villarreal at the end of the season when his loan deal ends. But he's done enough there this season that he'll have suitors in Italy because he's had a lovely all-time. And he did quite well at the World Cup as well, Kev. So he's someone that 
I don't know, like, would one of those mid-table clubs be, be looking at him? A Torino, perhaps? Maybe even a Bologna? Someone with with slightly weightier ambitions than Salernitana? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You think you, you put yourself in the shop window, don't you? And you, you probably, if you're in his position, rather than jumping at maybe a maybe more money elsewhere or going back to Spain. Um, but, you know, the fact that you've, you've been so comfortable in this league, you think you can just sort of take that step up without, you know, waiting 12 months to see if Salernitana can can do something collectively. And, uh, and you know, and, and why not? Um, Ewan's mentioned he's got, there is an option to buy there. So it's, yeah, it could be one of those scenarios where they buy him and they sell him on mm. to make a little bit of profit themselves. I can't find what the option is um, numerically. Your voice got very one. bubbly there. It did. I was I was concerned for a second <laughs> at what might happen. But <laughs> we, we we got through it. I was hoping it would continue like that for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> but let's talk about one of the fun games, is it? Because congratulations, Napoli, you've won the title. Um, but you, well, well done. You just have to wait Again. for everybody to yeah. to say, yeah, you can say, celebrate it now. Um, Inter-Lazio, the game that set it all up, I was there for this one and I, I couldn't quite work out how Lazio actually got themselves in front because other than Francesco Acerbi Shit defending. being on the Lazio payroll, like <laughs> it, it didn't make any sense. It was a really weird weekend for gifts from exes. It, it does me a, just a little bit if you want, right? If you will. Oh, tell us. No, no. Not that. Oh, okay, sorry. Not that. And don't say what I think you're going to say. But, <laughs> um, so there was the Acerbi thing, gifting Lazio the goal. Then Inter's third goal came because Vecino just played Lautaro through. And then yesterday, Burnsy Saturday, when I was at the the game that decided Serie A Manila, Roma-Fiorentina, an ex-Roma goalkeeper who's playing for Fiorentina just passed the ball to <laughs> a Roma player who scored it. So, the conspiracy theorists will be loving what's happened in Italian football this weekend, but I, I couldn't quite work it out, but I think we got the right result in the end, Ewan. Yeah, I'd say so. Inter were, particularly in that first half, were, or at least up until the goal, the Lazio goal, were really, really impressive. And obviously they, they did score. It was just narrowly offside, but the regardless of the offside, the move was very impressive. Um, and... Yeah, it, it almost it did almost feel a bit, you know, harking back to Conte and towards the end of the season when they were clinching the title. The way they were playing in the first sort of half an hour did kind of feel like that. It was it was all at one end and it was very it was very slick. Um, and I, yeah, I suppose they just they they were able to recreate enough of it through the game, um, even though they fell behind, which is something they've not been able to do lately. Is basically deal with any sort of adversity whatsoever. Um, but they did this time. Yeah, they did. Nice for them. They did excellently. I thought in the second half they were even better though. Like once Inzaghi made those changes, they just had a whole new lease of life about them. And I was quite surprised. And I have to keep like sitting back from my screen and watching what was happening. Just in a way that, you know, when the ball goes dead and just getting all the shapes of the players. Like Dumfries came on and played right wing. Not right wing back. He was like on the right of a front three. And... I just thought it was so bizarre because like Inter's right-hand side was quite good in the first half. And when I saw that that's where they were making the change, I thought, I would have done it on the left because DiMarco's delivery was was woeful. And you've got Robin Gossens on the bench and blah-de-blah. But 
it it just worked the treat. I, I think we've got to single out a couple of players for individual praise. Nicolo Barella was was on it from quite early on, but big Rom. Like, if ever there's a man who's playing for a move, he is so desperate to be kept by Hinter at the moment, isn't he, Kev? Well, that's how you, you say if, if, if ever there's a player playing for a move, I I wasn't quite sure that you meant yeah, to yeah, playing playing to stay, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, or just playing to you know get away from Chelsea, maybe with the basket case that that club is. So, um, you know, maybe maybe he'd be picked up by somebody else elsewhere that fancies a was he thirty one year old striker, um, but you know, Inter's Inter felt you know twelve months ago absolutely like a perfect a perfect home for him but you know he's he's picked up at the right the right time he he had a terrible start to the season obviously he was recovering from injury during the world cup and got slated for that's the thing we have to remember though there, isn't it but... like he's not been fit and it would be perfectly reasonable if after the injuries he had it then took him a little bit of a run up to get back into the form mm. and now we're seeing it consistently in recent weeks that he's being able to deliver yeah, and if you're in Inter's position where you're you're fighting for Champions League qualification, you know, they're fourth now. You're fighting to, you know, it would be an upset, but they've got a fantastic chance. You know, at the end of the day, it's a, um, yeah, it, it, yeah, if they get past Milan, it, it, it's, a, it's, a one-off, it's a one-off match with someone. And, and Lukaku is, has got that quality to make a difference in a game like that. He does well. We've seen him do it in derbies in the past, haven't we? Um, is everything okay? Why are you swearing at me in the chat? I'm not swearing at you in the chat. I didn't do anything. Just... I didn't do anything. I did nothing. Um, I didn't do anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Please, behave yourself. Um, Robin Gosens got on the end of one of Lukaku's assists and then injured himself. I think he's dislocated his shoulder while scoring that goal. And you you were quite, you were quite mean actually, Bernsey, which is why I sent that <laughs> message because I'm coming for you. Um, it's not the usual Robin Gosens injury, this where something's just gone slightly <laughs> wrong in his leg. He threw himself like the way he threw himself at that ball to score that goal. I thought was was very brave because he could have crashed into Provadel, the post, the two of those things. In the end, didn't seem to do either. Crashed into the floor. Yeah, just dislocated his shoulder on the landing. Um, you've like dislocated his shoulder while trying to decide. <laughs> again, it's a bit funny, but you've got to feel bad for him because he's like his career has just stalled since going to Inter, and it's been because of injuries. No, yeah, I do feel bad for him. It's it's just impossible not to like point it. out. No, no, he's when when fit, he's a wonderful player. But um, you know, it, it is just ironic that the players who ever do that when they get injured like like when Dybala did it doing a penalty like everyone found that funny because Dybala gets injured all the time it's just a bit ironic when they do it during a goal it's like they've, they've done a goal after having loads of injuries but also they've then injured themselves mm. we, we have to take the comedy where we can we do we do Lattar Martinez obviously very good as well when he came off the bench mm. but I, I felt like that was because he got the goals that was the obvious one but Lukaku like Lukaku was the best player on the pitch for me today. And I don't think it's close. And by the way, Dumfries, good God. He robbed Lukaku of an assist. Because Lukaku put in the type of cross that any attacking player 
if they could like take the ball with their hand and take it the exact path that they'd want the cross to come in, they'd have done that. And Dumfries gets into the back post and not only misses the target, but it's just straight across the pitch that the ball doesn't go out of play again. Um, it stayed in play and he was in the six yard. Yeah, it is, isn't it? But it, it? I don't know why he was he on that side. He should have dislocated his shoulder trying to score, <laughs> shouldn't he? <laughs> At least Gosson's finished it. And it was a much more difficult chance. It was maybe maybe finishes into a career. Yeah. Oh, I'm not the mean one now. That was, that, was a, that was a low blow. That was a low blow. But that was an excellent game. And I was thinking as I was leaving that that is immediately in that category of when I think back at the of this season, think back about this season at the end of the season. When you reflect, are tough <laughs> on the season. When I reflect on this season once it's finished. Thank you, Kevin. And I try and pick the best games that I've been at. The two obvious ones are, are Inter games. There's this and there's that Inter Fiorentina one that was a bit mad in Florence. Remember where there was like, there were two goals after stoppage time that made it seem like the result was going to change. That was brilliant. And oh, there's a segue, as, isn't there? As, no, we're not going there. <laughs> God, we're not going no. there yet. Um, but... As as maddening as Inter must be if you support them, the fact that they've lost 11 times in Serie A stands this point up enough, I think, Kev. But from a neutral, we all want Inzaghi to stay, don't we? Because they are brilliant. Uh, well, earlier in the evening, because we, we were watching Bologna-Juve, I was debating whether Motta takes over Inter if Inter don't get Champions League football. I think if they if they get Champions League football, football. Um, <laughs> football I don't know football, why I did that. I should have just. <laughs> yeah, football. It must be how I'm laying. Um, the only fans pounds aren't coming in yet. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think if he if he qualifies them, even you know, ignoring if they potentially win it and then qualify that way, I think if he qualifies them this year, he might get another year, and it would be fun. I think he might walk. So I think he's fed up. I think it's it's going that way, isn't it? Where everyone's just going to say, look, we'll leave it there, shall we? Wasn't a failure. Wasn't a massive success. It was okay. Everybody won. Where's he go? What? Where does he go? Pisses off for a year. Because you wouldn't want a year off, would you? Until maybe they maybe they get Motter in and they sack him by October and then Inzaghi comes back in because he's still on the payroll. Maybe that's a... There you yeah, go. That, that I I don't want Thiago Motta to take that job, and there's a few reasons. One, because I I think he still just give him a little bit more time, and two, I think it's a big jump. I am quite hopeful that he will replace Gasparini <laughs> at Atalanta whenever that comes. It's for selfish it's, reasons. It's looking increasingly. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a big jump. It's eighth eight to eighth no, to fourth, so now he's going to go eighth to sixth. It's a team six. that are in <laughs> that are in the Champions League semi final compared to a team that are usually scrapping against relegation. Like, it, it is a big difference to go from Bologna to, to Inter. And I think he just needs to take that middle ground. Like, whether it's Atalanta, I'd love that, or, or a Fiorentina, I, I think there just needs to be that other step because we've seen before where coaches have taken a big job and it's just not worked out. Let's not wish Fiorentina on him, shall we? <laughs> you look like you're going to throw up then, Kev, when you said that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know, I know Italiano's done really well this year with Fiorentina, but they they last. do sort of put a hex hex on players and, and coaches. I wouldn't don't wish, they? wish Rocco Camiso on anybody, to be honest. Insufferable clown. Uh, imagine working for him. Good God, good 
God. Oh, I don't know. I feel, I've, I've had worse insufferable clowns to work for. But... <laughs> yeah, I have too, but it doesn't mean that you want to work for him, does it? <laughs> no, I suppose not. Roma Juve, Bernsey. No, not Roma Juve. Roma Milan. They're all the same, aren't they? Oh, um, the same there was way. There was 94 minutes of nothing, really, wasn't there? And then it all went a bit mad. Yeah, it was crap. Um, I feel like I might have said on the preview it'd be crap. So on, can I just say, they both had 11 shots. They had one on target each. <laughs> and you can guess when they were. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't good. Um, to be fair, I think I seem to remember what I said was that I think Roma will be pretty unambitious in a sense of they've got injuries. It's better to draw than lose there. Like, it, it's more important that Milan don't win. Um, but saying that, I think Roma were decent attacking wise in very slight patches. Like so some of the build up was quite good. It was better than I expected. Um, in in, in very slight patches. <laughs> yeah, if we're really clamoring for something to say that didn't happen in stoppage time. Um, <laughs> but then, I mean, the, the, the Abraham goal was obviously that was a, a really, really good goal. Um, and you know, it does feel like he's he's building up slowly, and he, he's going to hit his form just as the season ends by the looks of it. Um, but, you know, at least there's something. But then, as much as I didn't want it to happen, a, a draw was right. Like, neither team deserved to win that game. Um, but it did sting a bit the way that that equaliser went in because that was a daft goal. I didn't see this because I was on a train and the internet wasn't great and I was trying to do other things, so I couldn't have watched it. I thought the goals happened the other way around. I thought Milan scored first <laughs> until right no. now. <laughs> Don't let them behind the curtain of the fact we all know nothing. Um, I, I was at another. I was at a more important game in Rome, to be honest, Bernsey, uh, which we will be talking about. When are we going to talk about that? Tuesday. I'll tell you what, though, it could have been a pretty perfect weekend for the club as a whole. Because obviously, the women won the title. The men were very close to winning that massive game, and the under 19s won the Primavera Cup a few yeah. days before. And they paraded it and stuff. Um, so that would have been nice for everyone, but it wasn't to be. It wasn't to be. Do you know what would have been really nice? If they'd organised themselves between the two associations and instead of doing a half-past two kickoff and a 6pm kickoff, they thought, well, there might be fans who want to go to both of these games. So we'll do the half-12 and the 6, or we'll do the half-two and the quarter-to-8, or quarter-to-9, rather, because then I would have been able to go to both. And a lot of the fans would have been able to go to both because there were a few people I did notice at the Trefontana on Saturday afternoon rushing off quite mm. soon after the final whistle went and not quite enjoying the celebrations. And that is more than likely because from one stadium to another, it's over an hour and there was an hour and a half between full time and kickoff if things went smoothly. So <laughs> it's a pity that they oh. didn't. I was discussed with Napoli. That was never going to happen. No, absolutely not, <laughs> not, was it? Not a chance. Uh, maybe someone realised that on Friday night and tried to get it over the line and the FIGC were like, no, we're not, not two of them. Not two of them. But anyway, I don't think we want to dwell on that game too much more, do we? Like, we, we've spoken about Roma's issues without Paolo Dybala plenty. Nothing, nothing to dwell on. Eh? Nothing to dwell on. Bologna... Bologna, Bologna and Juventus played at a 1-1 draw. Bologna are just quite decent. Like that's now Milan, Inter and Juventus in the last couple of weeks have gone there and, and not won. I say Inter, that was February, wasn't it? I was at that. But anyway, 
Bologna's home form, I think, Bernsey, you wrote about this. It's it's in the top four or five in, in Serie A this season, isn't it? Seven. Oh, is it that low? Oh. But but it's it's quite tight. All of, there's, a, there's a lot of them pretty similar. Um, they've only lost three times at home. That's excellent, that. Yeah. There's, there's I think it's four teams that have only lost twice, which is like it's Juve, Milan, Napoli, and one other who I'd like you to know guess. Juve? What did you say? I said Juve, Milan, Napoli. Udinese. Uh, yeah. Did, did I say it to you? <laughs> or have you just ruined no. it? <laughs> no, no, it just feels like they've been terrible on the road this year. That happened once when I tried to quiz Vito on something when I had to do a pod, just the two of us, and then obviously you just got the answer immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it was very naive. Yeah. You left fast with your Vito. <laughs> Don't give him a quiz, a quiz question <laughs> and expect him to not yeah. get it immediately. He just, he just, I thought, oh, this will be a nice little 10 minute section on the end, and he just rattled off the answers. <laughs> If it if it if it makes you feel better, I'm as surprised I got that right as you are. <laughs> I assumed you had just read it. Like, I just <laughs> fully just assumed you'd read it. Um, the closing stages of that game, it was it was mostly Bologna that looked like scoring, um, rather than Juve had a little flutter at the end, um, which was nervy for everyone who doesn't like them. But Bologna could just as easily have Steady. got a winner in that. <laughs> Let's not annoy people at this crucial time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, look, Bologna, it would have been great to see Bologna win, but Bologna fans will go home delighted with not only the results, but the presentation that they put on because they did look like a proper good team who were more than capable of handling Juventus. Juventus, who have been in a really rotten run of form. Like, coming into this game, they'd lost three in a row, which... For Juventus, like that's unbelievably poor, and they just haven't been scoring goals. Eric Milik, in particular, he, he scored eventually after Kev. You described it as one of the worst penalties you'll ever see. I've ever seen. Yeah, it was for someone who's very um, oh old. Uh, so <laughs> robotic is the word I'm looking for. Um, you know, in his movement and everything. You know, he does he does everything kind of. There's no there's no fluid fluidity to his sort of style he's not you know he does he, he he's not going to go on this sort of this sort of run twisted and turning through people everything is fairly sort of he's efficient isn't he? sort of well, no. a very he's very he's efficient well, in terms of his, his and then he goes to do this <laughs> yeah and then he, so he then he goes to do this uh i don't know i suppose we call it a Jorginho. yeah uh hop skip and jump but, and like so I, I'm a big fan of Jorginho's way of taking penalties. Bruno Fernandes does it as well, doesn't he? And he does it quite well. Yeah, but he's Brazilian. Milik it, is Polish. Italy European it's, it's, Championship it's, winner. But take your point. Um, yes, Brazilian-born, <laughs> Italian, international. I didn't even clock that. Um, That's what he, <laughs> he's Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did say take your point. But there was when I see a player going up and doing that penalty, I... When I see them do the little hop, I think, oh, yeah, like, I, I love this. When Milik did it, I, like, thought, you fucking idiot. Because my, you're my not thought is always, You have to score. Like, the, the second they appear in the air, yeah. think, oh, you, you have to score now. But, and then when they don't, it's amazing. Anyone over five foot ten shouldn't I do think it. That's, I <laughs> think that might be it. That might well yeah. be it. Milik just looks silly doing it. He looked absolutely ridiculous doing it. And he was never going to score it. Absolutely never. I usually don't go along with the whole just smash it line. But in that case, if you're a striker and you're not in form, 
and your Eric Millick, just smash it. Like, stop it. You're not... He's not got the ego, the coolness, the composure of like a Balotelli or an Ibrahimovic or a Jorginho or a Bruno Fernandes. Like, just just don't do it, Eric. Although, it is quite funny, so please do it again. And He did score miss. that, to be fair. We, we should say. After yeah. just letting off, he did, he did then it was yeah, quite well taken. Goal, one right? of those goals that someone in his position needed where he didn't, he literally didn't have an option other than there's the ball in the crowded box, hit it at goal immediately. And it went in. Like if he had had don't more do a space spin before you do it. Yeah, don't jump in the air. Just do a little press up. Did you see? Did you see the video that was doing threats recently? Of there's a like a young girl playing. Um, what's the kids' equivalent of baseball? Is it softball? I've seen this video. So and it is art. She she hits the ball, and then all of the kids, like in football, the the field players go running to get the ball. And she's running <laughs> past where the group of them are to get to first base. And as she's passing them, she just does a cartwheel. But like, it's the most perfectly executed cartwheel you'll ever see. But you can hear like, what I assume. For a second, well, you, you're almost not sure she did it. I assume <laughs> it's the father recording, and he just goes like, "Oh, not again!" <laughs> she's done it before. Brilliant. I just have visions of a ball popping up to Milik in the box next week and I'm doing a little cartwheel before trying to finish it. <laughs> if you've not seen that video, by the way, listeners, go and seek it out. You'll find it quite easily, I'm sure. Um, I want Allegri's voice over there going, not again. <laughs> <laughs> no, there will definitely be some... Um, oh, God. Bestemia. Blasphemy in that if if Allegri were to say that. So I don't think that would be broadcastable, unfortunately, because Gasparini gets one-match bans every year for for blasphemy in Italy because that's where we are. But anyway, what else have we got to talk about before we finish? Um, Fiorentina beat Sam 5-0, Burnsy. I don't think he heard his name. <laughs> I think he's lost. I thought I had disconnected I there lost. for a minute. But Kev, Fiorentina beat Sampdoria five <laughs> 0 Yeah, it was. Well, we mentioned earlier, Vitao is probably not on here, or made the excuses in advance of maybe he knew that this was going to happen. Um, they're just they're just an absolute mess, aren't they, Sampdoria? But you know, Fiorentina. I know we got we got a couple of rounds of games in in domestic action but you know they've got um continental continental forts to turn to and um yeah they sort of played second string ish you know certainly had weird goal scorers so yeah it's a fun night in tuscany a fun night in tuscany for everybody but Vito but Templans, yeah, yeah. it's not great i do feel sorry for sam because that is like it's it's been done for a long time, but they're ten points adrift now, six games to play. They are like rock bottom on their own. Cremonese even look like they've got a bit more hope than than Samp do now, which is which is telling. Up in Turin, Burnsy, Atalanta one two one, David Zapacosta and Duvan Zapata with the goals for La Dea. And Duvan's back. Yeah, I think every, everything that we said last week and now about <laughs> Lukaku, <laughs> look, don't do that. <laughs> about Lukaku looking like his old self in the way he was playing, I think you can you can immediately say about that Zapata goal. It, it was the exact same vibe of oh yeah, that's what he 
does sort of thing. That's why everyone likes him. He's um, good, isn't he? Good goal. Well as, done. As people who don't follow Atalanta, like watching Duvan Zapata is just a joy, though, isn't it? When he's like that. Because you can't get near him. He'll smack you away. And then he just... <laughs> the way... He has a way of taking a shot where he fully just spanks it in. Like, you barely see that he's actually kicked the ball and it's just in the net. And it, it makes that lovely noise when it hits the net, when Duvan really gets behind it. And it's just, it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Although, what was Milinkovic Savic doing? Because there's no way David Sapacosta should be scoring from effectively the byline. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was a wonderful goal or something weird went on. I didn't see a replay of it. I just saw the normal angle. Um, and I, I didn't I, I didn't think that this was going to be the goal, sort of thing, <laughs> when, he, yeah. when he whipped it across. I was like, oh, this will be across. And then it's in. I know what you mean. The goalkeeper thinks that, though, don't they? Because that's, that's, that's why they get caught out, because... They've left a go. They, yeah. Yeah, well, they, they the get... The Micon in the World Cup is the famous st- one, isn't it? Like, mm. Yeah. But they get stuck in that position where they think, he's not possibly going to shoot from here, so I'm mm. going to... You know, rightly so, you're going to hedge your bets and go, he's going to cross the goal. Nine times out of ten, he's going to cross the goal, so you, you cover the you know the low drive to cross or whatever, mm. and it, it just catches Great video after the game where Zapata's obviously soaking up the, the adoration of his teammates, and then Gasparini's on the pitch, as coaches do at the end of matches, and then there's the moment where they see each other for the first time, and Gasp goes, Duvan! And then they both just make like a celebratory noise while they walk towards each other. And they have a big hug. And Duvan does this thing where he's not quite like patting on Gasp's back, but he's like, he's gripping him and he's moving his arms. And I did think for a second, Gasp's in his 60s, Duvan. Like, don't, don't break him, please. Don't squeeze too hard. <laughs> please. Because there's already speculation about his Atalanta future. We don't want his genuine future to be at risk as well, Mr. Zapata. But I, I was you, um, so pleased. the noise, please? No, because I can't actually... I, I've not, I've seen not the got video, it in my so head. In I've retweeted it. And what do you reckon yeah, the club's fine is for hugging your coach to death? <laughs> I think that might, that might go beyond the club, I think, the fine for that. I reckon so, yeah. I reckon that's a, a criminal matter, actually, Kev. But what else have we got to look at? I don't know. Do, is, does anything else jump out at you guys? Lecce 1, Udinese 0, Spezia 0, Monza 2, Cremonese 1. We are worried about Spezia. It is a big win for Lecce. We are worried about Spezia. Both of those two things go hand in hand, really, don't they? Because it was a... Gabriel Strafetz, a penalty that won it for Lecce. And that now has them four points clear of Spezia. They're not quite out of it by any stretch. But Spezia mm. are now level with Verona. Or they have been level with Verona on 27 points. So a bit of breathing room for Lecce. Indeed. Um, they, they, they do just seem to be able to pick up the odd result against a team higher than them, which this is another one. Even if they even if they go sort of five six without a win, they they do just seem to have enough each time. There's just enough players in the squad that can do something, which is which is what you can't say about Samp. And right now, you can't say about Spezia. Yeah, the Spezia's two boys, Jazzy and Nzola, like they just have this weird thing of turning it on massively. I think Verde's probably in this category as well, isn't he? Where yeah. they'll go through these purple patches where. 
they are in the top five forwards in in Italian football, and then they just do nothing for twenty more match days, and it, it must be infuriating if you're a Spezia fan. But I do look at this table, and I, I don't want Lecce to go down. I don't want Spezia to go down. Not that arsed about Verona either way, but I don't know. I I think I just think one of those teams that's not in it now is gonna go down, and I might even go up as high as as Empoli for for that category. I think Salernitana are probably okay, but I don't know what I'm basing that off. I think it is just vibes more than anything else. From the others, anything to discuss? No, no. Well, Domenico no. Berardi scored twice, so you should have said yes. Domenico Berardi scored twice to, to turn a 1-0 loss into a 2-1 win in the 82nd and 97th minute for Sassuolo. Ooh. Oh. Did you see Cambiaghi's goal in that game? What you it's think? It's worth seeing for everyone. Is it? It was a very good one. It was enjoyable. There you go. Thank you. Goal, goal, goal of the week, you almost telling me. I, I started brainstorming a, a new thing for the website, which isn't going to happen. We used <laughs> to do it in a previous form of the website, and as the person who ended up having to do it every single week, I'll tell you it's not going to happen because it was a nightmare. Um, well, I was thinking like top three or five. Yeah, that's what we to did. Pad it out. Nope, yeah. that's what we did, and it's worse that way. We're just going okay, so to tweet them. If you... Go to our Twitter and we'll just retweet somebody else <laughs> putting the video up. Yeah. There you go. Right. That'll do it. Burnsy, we will be back. Well, look, there's a midweek round of fixtures Wednesday. that's going to see Napoli crowned champions. So we're going to be back a few times this week for patrons over at patreon.com slash total Italian football. But before all of that midweek action, Burnsy and I will be back with the women's football podcast on Tuesday to talk about an incredible weekend to cap off an incredible season. And basically the the top half of Serie A Feminile is done because Roma are champions for the first time in their history. Juventus have confirmed they're getting the second and last Champions League place. So there's nothing else going on at the top of the table for the rest of the season. So the bottom is very much carrying the load of entertainment because Sassuolo are safe and everything else is up for grabs. There's, there's Como who are probably fine. Pomigliano are dragged right back into it now. And Samp and Parma are both horrendously bad and should probably both be relegated. But only one of them will be. The other get into a playoff place. Parma just keeps shooting themselves in the foot. So we'll be talking about that. I was at the Trey Fontana for Roma's title win. Haven't been there the previous week for their win over Juventus, which basically won them the title as well. So there's plenty for us to discuss. Other than that, Non-patrons, we will speak to you in a week. We will be back for you guys, same time, same place. What's that, Monday, the 8th of May? Whoa, May. All right, didn't see that one coming. But patrons, we'll speak to you very, very soon. You can sign up over there for as little as €2 a month if you're not already. Burnsy, say goodbye. Bye. Kev's already asleep, so we'll leave it there. Goodbye, listeners. Speak (laughs) to you soon.